0: Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth of PaleoParents.com. You might also know me as the broth lady or the inventor of the hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. I'm the co-author of several paleo cookbooks including Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, Real Life Paleo. I like to talk about health at any size and self-love and personal acceptance. Specifically, I have a love for lifting heavy things. If you're interested in finding more out about that, You can also find me on Strong Radio. And I'm Dr. Sarah Valentine of ThePaleoMom.com.
1: I'm the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Approach and The Paleo Approach Cookbook. I'm passionate about nutrient density and the intersection of diet and lifestyle with health. Which really means I just love talking about science.
0: News and Views, where Sarah and I catch up and you get to listen to our gossip. Evening. how are you? Um, life is but, hectic. Yeah, I'd be great if um I weren't feeling pulled in a million directions and got a cold that someone in the office gave me um right before I the went on vacation office and not the petri dish children. That's true. I mean, but that's she's CMI. got four children, so I'm pretty sure it's just like a. So it is still petri dish children. children, just not your petri dish children. Yeah, yeah, got it. So that's awesome. Um, for context, for listeners who, you know, don't stalk me, which is fine. Um, it's not required. It's not. <laughs> I won't say it's either preferred nor not preferred. It's just fine either way. Um, I have been having a really, really hectic week at work, um, I don't know what happened, but it's like it would be in September, and I had scheduled a week-long vacation because it's normally a really not busy time, <laughs> and I don't take vacation in the summertime, so we scheduled this vacation a long time ago, and um, getting prepared to leave for a week um, caused riots in the office, and <laughs> like quite quite the commotion of wait you're going to be gone a whole week so um that has been crazy and then tonight was the super bowl it was also wrestling and we leave for vacation tomorrow and so it's just been in sanity i ended up um like just needing to Take deep breaths all day today. Just (laughs) remind myself that like it's all right, and we're gonna get there. So um, yeah, but it's the end of the day now, and the children are not sleeping in their beds,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is fine.
0: Yeah, they're in
1: their beds. We now have with my nine-year-old a uh, no, no after quarter after seven. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but you're in your room because that's that's grown up time. And we just had this like she just did this shift where she just really her body naturally wants to go to bed a little bit later. And she's sleeping in a little bit later, like she's still getting the same amount of sleep. And it's that, I think, very typical sort of pre-puberty circadian rhythm shift that happens in a lot of kids. Although I'm like totally not ready for it at nine. But, you know, okay, I can wrap my head around it. But I was like, um, but here's the thing. Uh, Grown up time. And so you're in charge of turning out your own light. You're in charge of making sure that you get enough slate. Read some books. Stay out. Stay out of the rest of the house. I mean, like if you need something, there's an emergency. Fine. Uh, But uh, but that's been a fun, a fun new transition in our household. Can I tell you that I had a crazy week? uh, At my only job, not. Not my day job because you have two two jobs, so that makes it even crazier.
0: Yeah, uh I didn't even like talk about that side because I'm just yeah.
1: so um so I was traveling last weekend to Austin, Houston, which I talked about because we recorded like right after I got back um last week. And then on Tuesday, I um, helped with PR with opening up the new Sprouts location in Atlanta. And so I ended up uh, doing a live television segment, cooking a recipe out of the healing kitchen, which was super fun. My first experience on live television and then going and getting a tour of the new store and then doing a live Periscope from the store. And then I gave a public talk on nutrient density is like my favorite thing to talk about to um people who are not necessarily already drinking the paleo Kool Aid. And um like the talk by the time I was done with questions was nearly two hours. And then I signed books for two hours in the store. And the store was like a good 45 minute drive from my house. So I got home and I had all of my dirty dishes from the cooking demo that I had just thrown in my cooler to clean up. And um you know like a whatever some actual blog related work to to work on. And then Wednesday I was just good for nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it was just one of those real like okay, that was too much moments. <laughs> and I ended up canceling everything that I could Wednesday so that I could just have a nap in the afternoon before my kids got home from school. And it was one of those naps where like I should lie down now because I'm going to be asleep soon, and it would be much preferable to be uh, horizontal before being asleep rather than the other way around, which is how this is about to go if I don't take myself to my bed now. Um, And at that moment, I was very, very thankful for the flexibility that I have as a working mom and a work-at-home mom um, because it allowed me to kind of shuffle the rest of my week around to make more time for recovery. So I'm not bragging there. I'm segueing. That's what I'm doing. You didn't have that luxury, but you get to have a week off now.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm not delusional that I'll actually get a full week. Are you off going of to get like you're going to have like I
1: remember when we did our book tour that um there was like flights where you were like, and now I have to do all of this work on the plane. Well, that's cause,
0: that's cuz we were flying every day. So I'm still going to have two to three hours where I need to work every day. Yes, that's, that's, that's the kind of job that I have. And I'm totally fine with that. I don't want people to think that I'm not fine with that or that I don't like my job. I
1: think you've talked about often enough on the show about loving your job. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, this is something that I'm sure will come up when we start getting into questions, but I know that you love your job. You love that your job is not related to the paleo movement, Um, and that, uh, you know, for, I, I feel for you, there's almost a sense of identity that goes with your, your career. And I know you don't talk about it very much, but, um, but I know that it's something that you really cherish and value. And I, I really highly respect that. I think, um, I think you've made choices that are maybe a little bit unconventional. I think within the Paley movement, you see a lot of people using, writing cookbooks or monetizing a blog or, you know, creating, you know, premium content, right? Like whatever premium content it is that they're working on in order to pave the way for quitting their jobs and or retire early retirement or whatever it is. And you've done it as such a service to the community. And not as a something to replace your career. And it's, it's been just a, something that you love doing and you want to create these cookbooks and you want to make these resources for people rather than a pathway to, you know, a a different financial op, you know, option than working for the man. I used air quotes there. You probably heard.
0: (laughs) But, um, well, what I found is no matter what you're doing, there's still a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you're, you own your own business, that. like your customers are still the man.
1: And I say maybe, especially if you own your own business, there's so many, I'm not going to complain about it because I feel privileged to be able to do that. But, um, it shocks me how much time I spend doing business administration. That is not something that I can pay someone else to do. Um it, it it's it's uh it's it's a sad state of affairs. It's just stuff I don't like doing. That's that's all. I'm just whining now. I'm gonna stop whining because this is not the whiny show. The whiny show is a different podcast. I don't know who this podcast is it is. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm avoiding I that totally, podcast. I totally like slammed somebody, but I don't even know who. So if you have an opinion on who the whiny podcast is, don't, don't say anything us. because I'll get into trouble. So yeah. don't just leave it; keep it to yourself. Enjoy this moment. You know something I don't know, and we're just going to leave it that way because I don't, I don't, don't get me in trouble. People are about to get us in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Um, before all that, you said nice things, so thank you. It, yeah, I did say
1: nice things, and then I,
0: then I, I fell
1: off the deep end of. I don't know what it was.
0: Well, we'll just say, right, I, think it's, I think it's all about kind of what we hope to talk to talk about today, which is that um, everybody has their own path, and you know, we, my husband, and I chose a very different path seven and a half years ago when we decided that he was going to be a stay at home dad, and I was going to choose a career that would support our family, and that was a very unusual decision for seven and a half years ago. I do find that it is more common today, which is awesome. But that decision and everything that went into it really has driven our life plan. And I've said before that our life plan was never to turn a blog into a business or to, you know, write books for the business and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Our goal has been to own a bed and breakfast when the boys graduate school, and so for us, like doing those, so things, gonna stay at that bed and breakfast. So, like, regular, like, like, right? Oh, being you know best-selling cookbook authors is really great for the resume of being bed and breakfast owners, but it's not like what we set out to do, and we're super grateful to have done it. But like for our goals and where we want to be and what we want to do, like we chose the path of suburbia and the regular job and all that kind of stuff and I like it like you said I derive a lot of pride and enjoy um being good at my job and um it however is not <clears throat> not without its challenges to you know be faced with different kinds of opportunities or falling into things that you didn't realize you know, you were kind of falling into or being torn in different directions and needing to make choices. And so I think the idea of figuring out what is um, the best thing for you and how you can accomplish it without, you know, overstressing your body and your system and, and just everything that you have going on in your life is really important. We've talked endlessly about the effects that stress has on people's health and I'm a very firm believer that stress in your life as is just as powerful to healing and health as the food that you eat or the sleep that you have and for me the last few years of healing has been a lot about mentally determining what it is that I want to do and getting there in a way that I feel comfortable and satisfied with. And I think, you know, we all have different lives. Sarah, you've chosen a different path than me. And there's probably stay-at-home moms listening who chose an even different path than that. And we all are on the right paths for us. There's no, you know, there's a lot of, like, sometimes judgment within the like women's
1: communities
0: about working moms Say From one,
1: from one, like from one niche to another niche, right? Like from it's, it's, um, and almost saying the exact same things about the other ones, right? Like for me, uh, you know, picking my first sort of unorthodox choice was to, stay home as somebody who was an incredibly successful medical researcher with incredibly high level papers. I had a grant as a postdoc. I mean that's unheard of and was getting set up with my, you know, my, you know, tenure track position options through the backward network of who do you know that knows somebody who has a department with an open line. And um and then I got pregnant and um and decided, I want. I mean, I. I think my decision was, I want to stay home with my baby, but I think it was also not healthy enough to do both of these things. These things are both really, really hard, and take you know all of my time and effort. I can't do both, so baby wins. And um, and from there, I think I've. Uh, you know, I've always been sort of an odd duck in terms of right, there's not very many stay at home moms with PhDs in medical biophysics, weirdly. Um, and so leaving academia and hanging at the playground was such a strange place for me to be. Like It wasn't a place that I um, I necessarily fit in all that well. And then I started this website almost as a way to be connected with science, you know, from my home in my spare time while my you know kids were napping and it's grown into a more than full time job with you know i have a team now and um and it's become something that in itself is also very unorthodox and i think that your point that um you know i think whether we are fitting a mold or breaking it the most important thing is that we're honoring what is right for ourselves and that we're making choices. I think, um, and, and this goes for men and women. I mean, I think we often talk about women having hard choices, but I think men do too. And I think Matt's an excellent example of somebody who's made a, a different choice because it's right for your family. And, um, and I think that that's, that's the key, right. Is, um, evaluating the options and going, this is, this is, this is the right choice for us for now. And the right choice may not be the right choice later. And then it's okay to readjust. I think that's a really, I think, I think readjusting is a really important
0: concept. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were going to transition into like the topic. So um, I can, I can do that if you wish. Or no, it's cool. It's cool. You now, can. now we've just got to, you know. A funny gotta... point. Um, so I think, you know, part, part of what comes with that is no matter which choice someone makes, there's always um, things that pull us in different directions and compete for our time. That's just the nature of, I mean, even if you're not a mom, that's something that, even if you're not a parent, right? Like, you're still living your life and you're, um, You've got different priorities, you know if you're a student, you've got your student homework, you probably have a job, you probably want to work out, you know you have everybody has things in their lives that pull them, no matter you know where you are and so I think that it's kind of important just to talk about uh the perspective of where where we can still reduce our stress and keep our sanity and feel good about the choices that we're making. In a different kind of context than you know the way we would usually talk about it, which is food. And you know, I I just want to highlight that for me, reducing stress and we've you know I've talked about this endlessly um, is is key to managing my autoimmune condition. And those of us who have autoimmune conditions um, are especially affected. I think we're all Type A's, and that kind of stress can really um affect our health negatively so for me it it's very quick that it gets out of control you know i not only do i work you know if i get stressed or my work is very busy but usually then i start needing to work longer hours which requires that i'm you know relaxing less or working out less or sleeping less when, and then when i do those things that i make worse food choices and this this spiral downward that we all talk about can happen relatively quickly. So it's about coming up with ways to manage your life in a way that enables you to be successful and to think about, you know, your plan and your choices before you're kind of faced with them in a way that might um, move you to a decision that you would otherwise not make.
1: Uh, I hear that. And I think we'll probably talk about that a lot more once we get to some of the questions, um, why don't we why don't we do a tiny, tiny bit of science first, though?
0: She blinded me with science.
1: That was awesome.
0: <laughs> Only because I'm like frog voice. <laughs> I yeah. would never actually sing with my real voice. Um, yeah, I especially
1: appreciated it in frog voice. Next segment is Science with Sarah, where I take a moment to explain the details and the why's. So stress is such a huge topic, but I think that when we talk about work life balance and we talk about navigating the world of being um of of competing interests. So, you know, for Stacey and I, it's being working moms in um who are also leaders in the Paleo movement, you know, there's a lot of different things going on there and a lot of different um a different different draws on our attention and, and it makes it very, very difficult to put our own physical and mental health anywhere on the to-do list. And so when I was thinking about what would be good science to cover, to me, you know, talking about stress is is the most natural thing. And one of the things that I really want to talk about was mindful meditation. It sounds so crunchy granola, but in fact, there's actually a really impressive body of scientific literature showing that a mindfulness practice of 10 to 15 minutes of mindfulness meditation per day dramatically reduces the physiological effects of stress. And so as I was, you know, like, hey, what's new in this area of mindfulness meditation that might be fun to talk about on the podcast, there was actually a paper published – last week that actually took, um, took a, a neurophysiology, neurobiology, um, approach to understanding, um, mindful meditation. And they had a really neat, not just a really neat approach to their, um, experimental design, but they also found some really cool stuff. So that I thought was like, aha, we've got some focus, mindful meditation and why it's amazing. Um, So mindful meditation, just to kind of step back, is a um, meditation strategy that really um, helps raise awareness of our bodies. So it helps us really, um, really be aware of what's happening in our bodies where we might have discomfort and makes us very, very aware of our emotions, very, very aware of our thought processes and uh, encourages us to kind of let those things go. Um, And there's a variety of different um, ways in which to practice mindful meditation. There's some fantastic courses that can be taken. There's some apps that you can use. Um, I prefer when I'm doing mindful meditation to do a complex breathing technique. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's just something that focuses my attention on my breath because I have to think about it because it's not natural. So the easiest one for me to do is what's called equal breathing, breathe in for four counts, breathe out for four counts. That's not a natural breathing cadence. Therefore, it requires attention. I can slow it down as I relax. And um, and then what I do is, is I, it's sort of the yoga intro to mindfulness, um, which is, you know, acknowledge a thought that comes to your head and then let it go. And um, it's something that Um, I started learning how to do through the guided meditation practices at the end of a yoga class and it's something that I have continued to do on and regularly on and off. You know, I'm not going to pretend that I um, have always been able to maintain a mindfulness practice. It's something that um, I feel great when I do it and then I let it slide and then I get back on the bandwagon and I do great when I'm doing it and then I let it slide. And it's one of those things that I have to constantly recommit myself to. So what this paper did was it took um, stressed adults and what they they sought was a group of adults who were job seeking. um, As as that being their major stressor, so a financial stress, um, but adults who also um, expressed that the act of trying to find a job was a very stressful situation. And what they did was they um, divided them into two groups And for one group, they gave an intensive three-day mindfulness meditation retreat program. And then for the other ones, they gave an intensive three-day relaxation retreat program that did not have a mindfulness program. So one is teaching you how to relax, which is a very different thing than the sort of self-awareness that happens in, in a mindfulness practice. And then what they did was they they took blood samples beforehand, and they took a brain scan beforehand, and then they did another brain scan and blood test afterwards. So the the second brain scan was immediately afterwards. The follow-up blood test was uh, four months later because they were looking at markers of inflammation, and that's a longer period of time to see changes. And so what was really interesting was in the brain scan was that they actually saw um, changes in um, what they called functional connectivity and in areas of the brain that actually are correlated with attention and what's called executive functions so that's decision making um, so that's assimilating information and making a decision based on it and that the uh, participants who had done the mindfulness training actually had these changes in the brain that were consistent with having a longer attention span and better executive function um, compared to the participants who had relaxation training, but not mindfulness training. And then what they did was they, in their um, blood sample, they were actually able to show reduced markers of inflammation in the mindfulness group compared to the relaxation group. And that's actually consistent with previous studies. But what the researchers were actually able to do is do a direct correlation between the um, patterns in the brain scan and the inflammation in the blood. So they're able to say that the stronger the difference from mindfulness meditation um, and the the more of a this, you know, highlighting the areas of the brain that are related to attention and executive function the lower the inflammation and that this might actually be a good tool for evaluating resilience to stress and that of course is what mindfulness is all about is about improving right it's not about reducing stressors if you're taking 10 or 15 minutes of your day to sit quietly and breathe. That's not, um, it's not getting things done off your to-do list, right? It's It's not taking away a stress, but what it's doing is helping our bodies cope with stress. And so that the stressors in our lives are not, um, are not causing that um, very negative physiological response that, you know, can lead to poor health outcomes over time. And so I thought this was kind of a neat... Um, just sort of a neat uh very quantitative way at looking at how mindfulness is beneficial to health and it's just you know now one paper to add to you know hundreds showing that um mindfulness meditation is a is a fantastic uh stress management tool and something that um i feel is certainly worthwhile trying um you know research says 10 to 15 minutes a day is is all, all that it takes, and I think that when you think about the trade of ten or fifteen minutes a day for being able to navigate your day and feel in control, that's a, that's a fantastic trade. Um, so I kind of wanted to. I know it's. Uh, I know it sounds really hippy dippy, but um, but it's actually pretty founded in science, which is pretty awesome.
0: Then there are those of us who get super stressed out that they can't clear their mind. And you know, do not succeed So I, I always think
1: that I always so for that situation, I always think that guided meditation is a is a really great starting place because you have somebody telling you what to do during your meditation um and there's again like tons of resources, there's free podcasts, there's apps right there's lots of places to get guided meditation um you can get scripts and you could have you, you know a spouse read them out to you um but um, but I always think that guided meditation is a great place to start because mindfulness does take practice, right? It is a, a learned skill, and um, you know if you don't have access to teachers, then it's a kind of a hard one to teach yourself. Um, so that's where guided meditation I think is a, is a really great starting place because you know it's someone saying, right? Relax your toes and right. I I love those body scan type guided meditations. I I really enjoy them. Um, and I, I think they're, they're also very, very effective. Start awesome. With I'm just saying, start with your toes. <laughs> if you can relax your toes, you can relax your nose. <laughs> That's a rhyme. I'm sorry. It's late. Let's, let's move on to questions.
0: That one needs to be saved for the archives.
1: just <laughs> going into a best of show at some point.
0: Oh, dear. Questions and Answers, where we answer questions submitted by you through the contact form on our websites, paleomom.com and paleoparents.com. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.
1: All right. So our first question is from Susan. I am in awe of how the both of you find time to help all of us work, be mothers, wives, etc. How do you do it all and keep your health intact?
0: I don't do it all. I feel like this is going to be the answer to everything. Um, I learned that perfection is no longer something that is desired by me in my life as much as I am a control freak who wants everything exactly how I want it all the time. I've learned to need to let go of certain things. Um, And for a lot of the things that do need to get done, I don't do them all. You know, Sarah and I both have a team that support our blog. Um, Matthew stays home and takes care of so many things and I take care of the things that I want to and that I'm good at doing. But more, most importantly, you know, I prioritize the things that are really important to me. I have a post in the blog about time management that I wrote specifically because, you know, we get asked this question so often. but. The real answer is the most important thing to me is spending time with my children before they're grown and out of the house. Because, you know, when I'm an old woman sitting in a rocking chair on my porch, I'm going to be thinking about my kids. I'm not going to be thinking about how I wished I would have worked longer hours to have, you know, been promoted sooner or whatever. I mean, I still work hard and I still have a good job and I care about, you know, the reputation that I have for work. Could I work more? Sure. You know, could I do more with the blog? Sure. Do I have a bajillion ideas and things that, you know, used to stress me out and feel like I have to do it by this timeline? Absolutely. But instead I learned, you know what, the world's not going to end if that doesn't get done this month, this year even. Um, and the most important thing is that, you know, I'm super excited that I have the time every weekend to take coal to Wrestling weigh ins and to be there on the sidelines, videoing him and cheering him on. And, you know, I would have previously been looking at my phone and answering emails and texts about work and the blog and social media and all that kind of stuff because I do want to help other people. I want to help, you know, the business that I work for. But I have learned that in order to do that, I have to be the best version of myself. And the best version of myself is you know happy and content that i have that um reconnection time and i think that's why you know i don't personally find um that meditation works for me and i have tried tried guided meditation and um i mean i just think i maybe i could but what i find works for me is the ways that help me recharge you know snuggling my boys and spending time with them and doing mommy dates and um having date nights with my husband and that allows me for the time that I do work to really focus and not feel guilty and not feel badly about what I'm doing because I know I've partitioned it in a way that enables me to get all the things that I want um, or to let go of the things that don't really matter.
1: I feel like anything I'm about to say is going to sound not as good. Uh So, I think that I have been much more successful in finding work life balance um basically since my kids went back to school in august um than I have been as in any part of this journey thus far, and you know, I was working about probably eight hours a week between writing books, blog posts, social media, business admin, all of the various things that that um draw your time in this type of um, commitment. And um, what I started having to do was, you know, I when I was doing all of that, not at the expense of focus time on my kids or focus time with my husband, but the expense of things that I need to do, look after my own health. Um, and what I had to start doing was thinking of things that were important for my physical and emotional health as part of my job. Um, and I really started thinking of, um, you know, going to CrossFit four times a week as part of my job and going to bed at a good time every night as part of my job and doing some extracurricular activities that are purely geared at, you know, having fun and being a stress reduction as part of my job. You know, part of my job is staying healthy enough that I can keep doing my job. And so I had to start thinking of that time, carving out that time as equal with carving out a couple of hours to write the next, you know, work on writing the next book. Um, And if not, maybe even more important than carving out this couple of hours to work on the next book. And so um, when I did that kind of mental shift, I all of a sudden had a much easier time prioritizing those other activities and without having guilt associated with it. And um, what ended up happening was when I prioritize those other activities, my efficiency increases. So I know that when I'm getting enough sleep, and I'm active, you know, those two things are the most important things that I personally can do for my own stress management. I know that every hour that I put in, in work, I get two or three times more done than when I'm not looking after myself. And so I was able to get, you know, cut back my hours and probably get more done um, overall. And that made a really, really big difference for me. Having a really fantastic team is uh, a really huge part of how I can do all of the things that I do um in my online the paleo mom banner. Um and um having a supportive husband and kids who uh crack me up and make me laugh and sometimes not laugh, but you know, it's mostly laugh. Um those things have all been really, really helpful. And then the other thing that I do when I when I am spending time working is I have embraced unitasking. Um, so I batch my time and I, I have a schedule for myself and I dedicate, I'm going to spend whatever it is, depending on this, I'm going to spend two hours or I'm going to spend 10 minutes, you know, whatever it is, but I'm going to do this one task and I'm going to ignore everything else. So that means I don't reply to emails right when I get them. If it's not email time, I'm not answering emails. I don't reply to a text message when I get it. It's not if it's, you know, if I'm focused on something else, the text message can wait unless it's from the school nurse and then it can't wait. But um, but I try to um, I try to focus in on one task and I find that that also dramatically improves my efficiency. So part of it is finding a give and take. Part of it is asking for help. Um, part of it is making sure to look after my own health so that I can be healthy enough to be efficient um, and productive. Um, part of it is Wednesday I needed a nap and I took my nap. Um, so I, you know, sometimes I need a recovery day. Um, and we think of recovery days in terms of heavy workouts, but sometimes I need a recovery day because of a lot of work that led up to it. Um, I read junkie fiction as a a stress reduction. She's not kidding. She reads like. I read dystopic future teen romance novels. It's a thing. My husband said to me after I finished my last book, are you going to read a real book now?
0: <laughs> the Martian's said. like, the, when you said you were reading The Martian, I was like, hey, that's pretty highbrow for you. <laughs> uh, I'm making a hand gesture at you right now. No. Oh, come on. It's because you read, like, science articles all day long. Your brain needs to unwind. True, yeah. No. So,
1: I mean, I do like science fiction, but um, I'm, I'm now reading more dystopic future teen romance novels um, and it's fine no one will judge me based on my I also really enjoy historical fiction okay so that's a real genre Um, but but yeah so I mean reading for fun is a really important way that I unwind um, and I don't engage in very many activities that are time sinks. So my husband and I don't watch very many different television shows, for example. Um, So we probably watch two to three hours a week. Um, And I don't spend time on social media other than um, what I put out through the Paleo Mom. I don't, you know, I I prefer to have uh, a phone call with a family member or friend rather than Feel connected on Facebook, but not really be connected, um, and all of those things I think together are sort of, you know, it's it's been um, a lot of trial and error for me to figure out that formula that keeps me um, keeps you know it's almost like staying in the black, but with my you know physical and emotional health. Um, so it's it's been a very complex formula for me to figure out how to do all of the things that I want to do um, and still do the things that I need to do to feel good and enjoy life and be a good mother and a good wife on top of being a good business person um, and a health educator and a sprouts PR person, apparently on Thursday, Tuesday. Um, Like for me, it's, um, it's, there's still this sort of constant balancing act. And sometimes I still overcommit myself and then I have to figure out how to recover from that. So I still make mistakes. I still um, don't always get everything done that I want to get done. Um, I still fail. And um, I think part of life is learning how to fail and pick yourself up and dust yourself off and keep going. So I'm doing that in abundance is what I'm saying. And, um,
0: and still overall feel like I'm in a really good place. I just want to echo the idea of unitasking because while I'm a big multitasker, i.e. while I'm going to the bathroom, I often take care of social media. Um, When I do sit down to do projects, I absolutely am more productive when, you know, I don't have Facebook tab up and, um, Email up and whatever else while I'm trying to focus on finishing a blog post. Like sometimes I'll have the newsletter thing up for like four hours, and that's like, what are you doing? Um, I'm I'm on Pinterest. I was just looking for a link. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> like, right. um, and I, I think that gets us all right. And sometimes I feel that happening. I and I let it happen because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna go on Pinterest right now. But I think you know, for some people, the idea of unitasking is something that they might not have heard before. And, you know, I feel like we all get sucked into um, different directions or being pulled into things you, you know, procrastination or or not. it's um, It can definitely be helpful just to focus on the one thing that, you know, you want to do and you want to do it well. And I feel like I get it done a lot more quickly if I'm not doing, you know, Seven other things. Right.
1: Scientific studies have actually evaluated, um, you know, multitasking versus unitasking and have shown that the more different activities that you attempt to do simultaneously, the worse you do all of them. Um, and that the overall time, if you give people, like, here's two tasks to do, and you give one group, you know, just do this for one task first and then the second task, and you tell the other group to, you know, do both tasks at the same time the group that does both tasks at the same time will take longer than the group that does one task than the other. And, um, and so when I started being aware of that research, I really started changing how I approach, um, just about anything. I mean, the only time I, I really multitask is I I will often listen to an audiobook um, while I'm cooking if there's no kids around, because what I listen to is really not kid appropriate. Um, but so, or like while I'm driving, I'll listen to an audiobook while I'm driving. But they aren't, you know, it's it's sort of when I'm stuck doing a task that uses my hands and my eyes, but doesn't necessarily use my my brain all that much. Um, then I'll then I'll add an audiobook. But um, when I'm working, it's one task focused, one thing that I'm doing right now. Um, and sometimes I'll even have to set a timer, you know, to make sure that I make time for the next thing. Um, and I've noticed really dramatic improvement in productivity with that approach. Just like the science says. Cool. Okay. This question is from June. I am struggling to stick with paleo in between work and being a single mom. I'm finding it hard to keep up with cooking, let alone time to work out. Please help.
0: June. I have so much empathy for you. I cannot imagine being a single mom and trying to adapt a paleo lifestyle. Like, it is hard enough when our family went paleo and we had someone to stay home and be paleo. I just want to give everyone out there who is doing this on their own, either because your spouse isn't doing it or because you're alone, mad props. Just, High five, fist bumps to you right now because that is legit commitment and everyone who is working towards that should be super proud because I know that it's a difficult task. I will say that it is the best option to take advantage of um Things that are pre prepared as much as you can. If I were in that position, I would definitely buy the pre chopped veggies from, you know, Wegmans and Trader Joe's. The frozen food section is going to be the highest nutrient content for those things if you have that option where you are. I know even our Asian food market has like frozen yuca, you know, things affordably not, you don't need to go to Whole Foods and buy, you know, the most expensive things um, for those who are on a budget. But definitely taking advantage of things that are pre-prepared, like, you know, rotisserie chicken. Or I know Trader Joe's has this chicken in their salad section that's pre-prepared that doesn't have anything other than I think it's like salt and pepper and chicken. And um that's really great on top of like a bag salad that you buy right next to it um and so, for the days that you just weren't able to meal plan or you didn't get something in the crock pot or you forgot to thaw your meat or you know whatever it is, um instead of feeling like you need to run to carry out, you can run to a store like that just as quickly and make it happen. The other thing that I would recommend is you know planning ahead in terms of, you know, breakfast and lunch. Things like a big pot of soup or a batch of scrambled eggs or a frittata that you can save and serve in individual portions over the week can be really helpful. And I know for me, um, I always take either leftovers or a salad and that is literally like a handful from an organic spring mix and whatever vegetables we have left over in the fridge on top of the salad. And then, like a can of tuna, um, or a can of salmon on top of the salad. And those are, I know it's difficult to wrap your mind around like the different kind of convenience foods. And, and frankly, everyone in the community is eating hot dogs sometimes. Like that just happens. It's just, we're buying a different brand and we're not putting them on a bun. Um, and that's okay. And I think, you know, allow yourself to feel good about the progress that you're making. I feel like June in the short submission that she has. Like I feel like from her exclamation points and the, her phrasing, I'm like, I just really feel for you, June. And I hope that by the time we got to this, you know, you're you're feeling really good about where you are. But for those who are, you know, still making that struggle, just good on you. Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah,
1: I um, I think that for me, I even. As you know, I, I consider myself a work at home mom now, but I, you know, I do have a completely flexible schedule. I can set it myself. Um, I still really only cook probably three to four days a week. I don't cook every day. I tend to cook big meals and we have leftover meals and I might, you know, make a new vegetable or something really fast. But I tend to do a lot of, you know, like I'll I'll cook two roasted chickens or You know, like for me, it's always I love roasts because you throw some seasoning on them and you throw them in the oven and then they're done like a couple hours later um, or an hour later, depending on what it is. And um, and to me, because I'm home, it's it's a for me, the easiest meals are low prep work meals rather than short total cook time. Um, so for me that's a you know a five-minute prep meal. It may take an hour and a half to cook, but I only worked for five minutes of that hour and a half. Those are the easiest meals for me to do. Um and for somebody who's working longer hours and doesn't have that kind of time at home, that's where things like crock pot meals can be really helpful. Um, or developing, you know, a repertoire of 10, 15 minute meals. Um, and then maybe doing a big cook-up day on the weekend where you can cook ahead for the week. So for me, leftovers are huge. Like I just, fortunately, everyone in my house likes leftovers. I don't have a picky eater who refuses to eat leftovers, which I know is a real thing. And it's just some people are wired to like leftovers and some people aren't. But um, I'm glad I don't have to have to navigate both sides of that coin. Um, so instead, I you know I get to take advantage of that. So I think leftovers are amazing. Um, and I think that. Part of part of the transition to paleo is finding your new convenience foods, right? I think that's part of part of the the whole how to figure out how to make it work. And my kids eat uncured grass fed hot dogs almost daily. I, you know, I think that finding those foods is really important. Um, and then I think the other thing is finding ways to combine funny after we just talked about unitasking to talk about multitasking but find ways that you can combine um you know uh focus time with your your uh kid or kids and other activities so whether that's getting kids involved in the kitchen while you're cooking or whether that's um making your workout you know some really active play in the backyard with your kids right or finding um Finding a gym that has a really great kid area that you can feel really good about, um, or maybe a kid area that's right there where you can, you know, still pay attention to them in some slightly more limited way if you're, you know, doing something like CrossFit. But um, a lot of CrossFit gyms have kids rooms, so finding finding those places where you can kind of feel like you're looking after yourself, but you're also um, fulfilling your other obligations in life, I think, are are really great. So part of it is those sneaky right the sneaky ways that we find activity through the day by parking at the farther end of the parking lot and by taking the stairs instead of the elevator um you know those those types of things are strategies that are good for everybody but when you're really de- dealing with a time crunch those are the types of strategies that can get you more activity in your day without um without taking away from anywhere else um and so they can be you know, like
0: really helpful that way. Awesome. I think we should rapid fire the next question.
1: Um, yes, because I think we've probably covered a lot of this. So yes. let's do this last question. Tammy says, what tips do you have for families where both of us work? How do you make time for everything? We are new to paleo and trying to avoid the drive-through. Our biggest hurdles are getting your kids on board and finding time to cook healthy for ourselves every day. I think we just
0: tackled a lot of that okay so i'm gonna ask these questions individually and you're gonna give a quick answer or three answers depending
1: ready (laughs) 30 seconds or less okay i got it
0: what tips do you have for families where both work
1: batch cooking
0: for me it's planning ahead Uh, so whether that be menu planning or thawing food or batch cooking crock pot whatever how do you make time for everything? I don't. I do my best. I try. Yeah, I've covered this already. I just prioritize yeah. and I learn to let go of the things that I cannot accomplish and reschedule them for a different time. <laughs> All right, they're new to paleo and avoiding drive through. What do you recommend for getting their kids on board food wise?
1: Um, I think, um, experimenting with new favorites. So for my kids, you know, we took a long time to transition to paleo. This isn't 30 seconds, but I'll keep it short. Um, and I did a mix of introducing them to new foods and sort of catering to the things that they already knew. I already knew they liked. So, you know, they already liked scrambled eggs. So we made scrambled eggs for breakfast with fruit. Um, They already liked steamed broccoli, so we have steamed broccoli a lot. In fact, we still do have either steamed broccoli or steamed green beans at pretty much every meal because those are the two green vegetables my kids like the most. Um, So I think that finding the new favorites is really important for getting kids to actually be enthusiastic about their food. And it was the same for my husband. I had to prove to him that paleo food still tasted good. And once he got that, he was totally on board. But that, I think, with kids is... That's the biggest hurdle right is finding finding the normalcy within the new
0: framework I would say I agree with that, but I would also focus on getting them involved so you know letting them um, choose meals out of recipe books or blogs or you know hashtag paleo on Pinterest or Instagram and search some foods and let them choose take them to the store with you and let them you know choose the produce or Choose whatever kind of um foods that you're going to get, my kids are required to read the ingredients before they put something in the cart, and that helps them learn about you know what's in the food that they eat, and that over time has enabled them to be really empowered to make healthy choices for themselves rather than me putting that upon them. Look at yeah. that look I how quick we awesome. answered that question. I was-
1: that was, I, you know, and I think we can refer back to some of our other podcasts where we've specifically talked about, you know, getting kids on board yeah, and kids absolutely. on
0: board and kids school lunches. And I mean, I think there's lots of really good stuff there as well. I would I would also take this opportunity to plug the fact that I have several kid-friendly resources <laughs> that you are welcome to check out, <laughs> Tammy. An excellent plug. We have an ebook called called... Um, Paleo to Go, which is a lot about food on the go and packing lunches and getting kids on board. And then we have Eat Like a Dinosaur, which is a paleo-friendly cookbook geared towards kids. It is like for kids to feel like it's their own cookbook. And then we have Real Life Paleo, which is the family friendly version of paleo. Um, And all of those recipes are the foods that we cook with every day in our own real life. A lot of, you know, 20 minutes or less, one pot kind of meal. Um, and so any of those resources, you, I would encourage you to share with your children and see what they might be interested in trying. So
1: any last thoughts on the doing it all topic?
0: So I just want to apologize for the fact that I have been a frog this show (laughs) and I think it probably is reflective of the fact that I was doing it all this week in preparations for vacation and working a lot. You know, my immune system was compromised from the stress and lack of sleep that I picked up what my coworker put down (laughs) quite literally. And um, I hope that it can just be a reminder to everyone that you don't, while you don't need to do it all and, you know, you can employ a lot of the methods that we've used here, sometimes it's a good opportunity to listen to your body when it tells you to slow down. And that's something I know that Sarah and I have both been working on and learning and it's something we still haven't mastered, but prioritize ourselves these days, which is, you know, when your body tells you I'm super tired, while other people might tell you just push through and you can sleep when you're dead. uh, I hear those things and I cringe now because I know that that's going to put me in an early grave and it's not going to make me enjoy my life that I do get to live now. So it, I am the big control freak who wants to do it all more than anybody else. But I have learned that in order to enjoy the life that I'm living the most, prioritizing the things that really matter and focusing on them and allowing myself to um, enjoy them and do them well has given me the same sense of fulfillment um, as I had before, because I never really ever got everything done anyway. Like you're never going to be a hundred percent satisfied. You're always going to feel like you need to do more or be more perfect or whatever it is. And so <clears throat> realizing where those limitations and boundaries are, do everybody
1: good. Uh, I think that was awesome. I have
0: nothing to add. (laughs) So just a reminder that while you might not like my squeaky voice this week, if you do like the podcast, we would be ever so grateful if you reviewed us and shared with your family or friends. Um, We love new listeners on the show and we've been getting really great feedback from everyone i want to thank everybody again for the nominations and voting and the best of paleo um and we're really grateful to be part of your life
1: uh here here i feel like we should have glasses to clink right there i
0: got teacup you ready
1: all right ready okay clink oh you got like a real clink noise there yeah
0: i have two teacups
1: (laughs) oh I only have
0: one. It made a, it was like an air. <laughs> my voice is, is hardcore rolling two teacups tonight. Right. That is, that is definitely a
1: whole different thing. Um, well, thank you for um, do, doing the podcast, despite the froggy voice. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal.
0: Hello. Er, my Gerd. Technology is not my friend today.
1: Um, is it our friend any day? Really? I mean, it's kind of like a frenemy. <laughs> If you can relax your toes, you can relax your nose. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.